Okie dokie, folks, and welcome back to Monday Night Shaw right here on Love Wrestling. This week, a uh, very, very special interview. Uh, definitely like the biggest name star we've had on Monday Night Shaw. Uh, former Intercontinental and Tag Team uh, Champion from the WWE. Uh, and uh, definitely a Canadian wrestling legend, uh, Jacques Rougeau, a.k.a. The Mountie, is on the show. How you doing, Jacques? How you doing, Goose? Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And yeah, I'm I'm happy you're, you've decided to come on the show. Uh, I wanted to have you on here because uh, you're running your own shows out in uh, Montreal there. And uh, it's a big competition uh, Canada wide. And uh, a lot of my friends have uh, been on the shows and stuff. So I wanted to, to put them out there because you've got uh, some great opportunities going. So uh, why don't you tell us a little about, about the competition and what the uh, possibilities are for the winners? It's pretty awesome, uh, Goose. I got to tell you, it's uh, an idea I had a couple of years back and my girlfriend and myself, and uh, it was based on a uh, a TV show called Star Academy, and which were, uh, they in Quebec, they would go ahead and uh, recruit all the uh, young singers from across the province, and, uh, and, and, and every week they would take them in on a TV show and they would eliminate them, and finally where the, um, the grand winner would go ahead and, uh, and sing at the Bell Center in front of 20,000 people with Celine Dion. And, uh, oh, you know, so, so it was called the Star Academy. And uh, so, so one day I was, uh, during the pandemic, you know, I was doing a lot of podcasts and, uh, and I had a lot of uh, special guests, you know, from different disciplines come into my, my tiki, you know, where I had my podcast. And, uh, and I had this girl that was one of the winners of uh, Star Academy. And, and as she was telling me the story of how she, she got into that and uh, went to sing with Celine Dion and all that, after the show, I looked at my girlfriend and I said, hey, we should do that with wrestling. You know, we should do a wrestling academy, you know, and just uh, and uh, and have the best wrestlers come from all over the place and just uh, find some sponsors and uh, fly them in and uh, get them hotels and uh, and just start eliminating them, you know, at the end. And uh, so but we need a prize. We need to find a prize to, to draw them in there, you know. So uh, so finally, at the time uh, last year. In our first edition, we uh, we we round up like twenty thousand dollars, like four winners of five thousand dollars, and uh, and out of nowhere uh, came the idea of calling a wrestling school in the United States. So so I reached out to QT Marshall's Nightmare Factory at the time, and uh, and I talked to QT for a short time, and I told him what I was doing with the wrestlers and the talent in in Quebec and Canada, and uh, and wanted to make them feel special. So I said. Would it be possible for my four winners to I'll, I'll, I'll rent a truck and, and we'll drive down to Atlanta 24 hours and I'll take them in for one day or two days for a weekend there. And and you just treat them like, you know, they're superstars. Like, you know, you give them a, a lesson one day, a seminar the next day and uh, and having an interview session, like, you know, show them how to do interviews and stuff and just make them mm -hmm. feel like they were in the big leagues, you know. And uh, so he says, uh, yeah, Jacques, he says, I do that. And, and I noticed that QT Marshall, when I spoke with him for the first time, because I didn't know him when I called him and um I noticed he had this uh, very big respect for me, like you know he, and and he was really nice to me. And I said, uh, I said, okay, so 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 I said, well, let's do that. So so as time went along, the first year, I, I start uh, using my notoriety and I start doing podcasts, but but doing podcasts in, in Australia, doing them in Europe, doing them in, in in England, everywhere around the world. I was doing podcasts, and and everywhere I was talking about the nightmare factory like you know one of the prizes where yeah. so, so, so next thing you know QT Marshall he, he he calls me up about three months into this thing and he says uh 
Jacques, I need, he sends me a message. He says, Jacques, I need to speak with you. And I'm going like, oh, shit, I hope I didn't do anything wrong. Like, you know, what, what the, so, 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 so then I get on the phone with him, and then he tells me, he says, Jacques, he says, what are you doing? Uh, I says, what do you mean? He says, well, he says, I'm getting calls from around the world. He says, people that want to come train at the Nightmare Factory, they want to come and see it. Then I said, he says, you're doing something. He says, he says, why don't we give them a week to your winners instead of just a one day or two? Why don't you bring them down for a whole week? I'll give them a seminar <laughs> and a whole training for a week. So I said, wow, I said, that's awesome. So, so, we, so I put that in the group chat because I had a group chat with all the boys and the ladies and the men that were in the competition. So I yeah. send the message out to everybody. Hey, you're going to win $5,000, but you're not only going to spend a day, you're going to spend a week with QT Marshall. And so they all were very happy. And uh, and next thing you know, I keep doing my podcast, podcast. I do about 40 podcasts around the world. And finally, about six months later, he calls me back, three months before the competition starts. And then he says to me, he says, Jacques, it's incredible. He says, what you're doing? He says, listen, why don't, he says, we give them three months training. You know, and I went like, holy shit, three months. And I, yeah, but I said, how much is that going to cost me? He says, no, no. He says, I'm going to give you three months for your four winners for free. So so, so that's how we build that relationship. And, the, and that was last year. And after the tournament ended last year, uh, just on the last month of the tournament, uh, last August, he decided to give me another candy. He says, uh, hey, he says, Jacques, he says, I'm going to give a candy, he says, to, to a Nana that he called it, a little Nana. He says, I'm going to give a Nana to, because he really, we, we really became his pet project. And, and, then, and then he says, why don't the four winners, because since we're opening Toronto, AEW, he says, why don't you, you the four winners come and wrestle on Dark and Dynamite? You know, I'll have them on the two shows. So, yeah. so, 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 so that happened too. So, so, so after the whole competition was finished last year, I remember calling him the next day, and I told him, I said, uh, so QT, I said, what do you think? Did you like the experience? And he says, he says, we're doing it again this year. And I was so happy. I said, so I said, yeah, great. So, so, uh, so a few things have changed since then uh, for this year's competition. The prizes are $10,000 now to the winners. And uh, oh, wow. yeah, $10,000 to three winners, two men and one woman. And, uh, and the three months of the Nightmare Factory is still there. But now he, he gave me another Nana. It's like uh, we, we just like the, the – uh, 7th of May, we had the first quarterfinals three weeks ago. And then in one week from now, not even one week, in six days from now, on the 4th of June, Sunday night, we have the second half of the quarterfinals. And, and then on the 20th of August, the best of the 7th May are going against the best of next week. And that's going to be the semifinals on the 20th of August. And then uh, on the, the 17th of September, there's going to be the finals where all the gifts are going to be given out and stuff. But, but what's great is... Uh, Every show we've had, like the one we had, the finals last year, and this first show, and next show, and all the shows we're having, QT Marshall comes on the giant screen in Montreal from Atlanta, mm -hmm. and after every match, he eliminates somebody, and he and he he keeps one for the semifinals. So 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 he just gave me another gift about this year where uh, he he said uh, Jacques he says. Uh, why don't we give a consolation prize for one of the guys that are eliminated, you know, during this whole tournament. And, and, and on your last show on the 17th of September in the finals, he says, I'm going to come to Montreal. And he says, I'm going to wrestle with one of your, your losers. Like, you know, one of the, oh, the guys. Okay. That, so he says, I've never wrestled to Montreal. So he says, that'll be fun. You know, and they'll, it'll put a little, uh, 
encouragement for those who were eliminated, you know. So, so, <coughs> yeah. so, so, so this is all really a, a great, great, great project. And, and, and uh, I'm so excited we're sold out, you know, and uh, for this show coming up on Sunday, 400 people. It's like a dungeon and, uh, and, and we're in there and then it's going to be seen on YouTube uh, uh, five, six days later. Actually, if you want to go, if anybody wants to go see my first show of the 7th of May, they just go on wrestling-academy.ca. You could maybe put that down at the bottom there, wrestling dash academy.ca you can go see the first show and then you'll be able to see the next one of the uh, 4th of june probably four or five days later so around the 10th of june you can go see the second part of the quarterfinals where which is really fun for you guys because we have so many guys from out west and girls you know that, mm -hmm. that are from calgary edmonton and regina and saskatoon and we got a bunch of people from all over yeah, that's definitely like that's uh, that's definitely how I came to hear about all this was uh, it was through my friend Cato, who I've wrestled oh, uh, yeah. a bunch of times. And he was telling me, oh, yeah, I'm going over to Montreal to do this thing for Jacques Rougeau. Stewie, was, like, Stewie, right? Yeah, 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 Stewie. And I was like, <laughs> the, the Mountie? And he was like, yeah. And yeah, so he went over and then uh, my other friend, um, uh relentless riley rose she went oh, over yeah. and she, she i did heard her her and zoe wrestled and so I, I actually looked that up because like you say your last show was available on youtube so i watched it and i thought zoe and and riley had an incredible match incredible you know and you know what's good goose about that i'll tell you what really is really fun for me to announce to you is like uh because you know uh riley was not chosen it was <laughs> zoe sager was chosen but because we had one girl that was injured, pulled out of the competition, mm -hmm. Riley was brought back in. So Riley is taking the place. So she's right back in the tournament now. So, so yeah. she's going to be in the semifinals, Riley. And she, we loved her so much, not only in the ring, but her mom, Colleen, and, and her yes. personally. And, and her, her personally they, they were such good people. So it was easy for us to and, – and, and especially that – after I met a lot of people after the show, after the choice was made by QT Marshall, you know, and and, uh, and by myself, you know, because Zoe was a little lion in there, you know, she really was, and then uh, a little tiger. Yeah. And, and, but, 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 but she was, I had so many people that came up to me after the show and, and talked to me about Riley Rose, you know, Riley Rose. And I was saying like, Jesus, you know, like, and I really liked her too, you know, she's only 17 years old. You know, mm -hmm. so so it was like I liked her too, and that's why she was the first one that came up to mind. Like, hey, let's bring her back in the competition, and then because too many people wanted her to stay. Yeah, she, and she she's got a, a really like a great attitude. Uh, oh, Zoe, yeah. like Zoe, I can tell you this, like, because uh, I've I've trained with Zoe and and whatnot, and we all go to this sort of training, the same training uh, center, and Zoe is there all the time, like literally all the time. Like every time I've been down to go to train at the training center, it's always there. like she works harder than any other wrestler in in the entire province of Alberta. I, I, I she, I'll tell I you, she she, she she impressed me. You know, she was a little tiger out there. She she's not tall and she's not big and she's like, but she doesn't give her place. You know, she she uh, she's she's a go getter. I'll tell you. Yeah, no, she's she's legitimately like, uh, like she's scary to wrestle her because like it's like oh she's she's just she's intense, man. Yeah, yeah you, know. you know, there's a couple of there's a couple of good guys too that uh, Brandon Bright, you know, I think was from there. Yes, from uh, KB6. Mm -hmm. and, and and then there was a there was a I, I know coming up soon. There's a. Um, uh, Michael Richard Blay, which I'm looking forward to 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 see, uh, uh, because uh, 
I think he trained with uh, Zoe Sager. Is that possible that they trained uh, together? Yeah, yeah. He he's um, MRB was trained by uh, TJ uh, Wilson, Tyson Kidd, and then he has trained Zoe Sager uh, as well as me. So yeah, I'm oh, rooting yeah? for Michael mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah, yeah. I think I honestly I feel like it's kind of redundant for anyone else to even join the competition if Michael's in there. Cause like, uh, that that's how yeah. much confidence I have. Wow. Life. And you know, I feel, I feel, and I've had some comments about other guys that are this feel the same way about, uh, uh, about the lion, Bobby Sharp and about uh, also Sean Moore and about mm-hmm. uh, Jesse V from Ontario, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of big guns, Cody Brown, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of big guns in there that, that, that are coming from left and right. Uh, even from Winnipeg, uh, Chad Daniels has come a long ways. I don't know if you know Chad Daniels. Have you ever heard of him? I, I, I have met him. Uh, yeah, for sure. I was in uh, Battle Royal with him. at the. Uh, we had, they had a big show at the Victoria Pavilion in Calgary. How long ago? How long ago? Uh, it was last year. Yeah, okay. it, was long, it was a good time. Because he and, just came, uh, he just came on the seventh of May, and he he won his spot there. QT Marshall really had an eye for him, and yeah. uh, and he's got a lot better since the year before, and a uh, great shape, great great kid all around, just polite, and uh, you talk about having a nice attitude, you know. Yeah, and, then, I, and, and that, that, go ahead. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think that's one of the most important things, in, in all of wrestling is just people having a good attitude and getting along with each other. I think that's, that's extremely important. Um, we, we gotta, we gotta, you know, and I'm thinking I'm coming back to Zoe Sager. I'm thinking of a, you know, she's a young lion in there, but she's going to be caught up in a zoo there because uh, you know, there's a couple of Jane M's and uh, Emma uh, Miley, Smiley Miley. And then there's a uh, Casey Spinelli. And you know, there's a couple of girls out there that I'll tell yeah. you. That they, they have a reputation that follows them as being great workers. So you know, so it's a, this this show coming up on Saturday. I can't wait. There's four girls in, in, in a tag match, semi-main event, which is is like a, three of those four girls had tryouts with WWE with Impact Wrestling, and so I can't wait to see the. the plus, I can't wait to the match between, like I said, the Lion uh, Bobby uh, Sharp against Sean Moore, and then you got the. Cody Rhodes against uh, Michael Richard Blay, and then you got the you got so Cody much Rhodes? talent. You got so much talent on this show coming up, like coming from all over Canada. It's like it's just absolutely amazing. And 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 in this show, which is going to be very special, is like mm-hmm. QT Marshall is the judge, you know, in the shows all the time. But QT is going to Mexico on this show here on Sunday. He's, the AW is going to open up Mexico, and then oh, so sorry. he's going. So he's so he's going to, to to he won't be available to be on the giant screen. So. So, so we found the replacement, my brother Raymond, the half of the fabulous Rougeau brothers. <laughs> so, so my brother is going to be the judge on this Solid. show coming up. Yeah, so that's going to be awesome. It's it's going to be fun because Raymond's a, you know, he wrestled for thirty some years, you know, and uh, and great commentator for WWE after that, and uh, you know, he he knows his business. So it's going to be <laughs> really based on 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 talent and uh, charisma and uh, ability in the ring and uh, professionalism. And uh, and another thing, too, that you got to know, Goose, about this competition, what's really, really great, is uh, this competition is for six years and older in the fans because, you know, there's no tables, there's no chairs, there's no middle fingers, there's no cussing. If somebody, mm-hmm. cuss, if somebody cusses, they're out of the tournament. If, if anybody uses the poles, they're out of the tournament. It's like what I, the kind of show we're giving is like agility, charisma, Ability in the ring, how to get yeah. the crowd going, no cheap heat. 
It's like you yeah. go in there and you get some serious good heat by working hard, like Zoe Zagger did and some guy. And, and, and like uh, the style also that I'm starting to understand because I had a good conversation with him is Richard Blay, which he has that good old Bret Hart kind of heat there, you know, and, the, and, and where he works hard, you know. But, but, but mm -hmm. you need to work some moves. You need to have some technique in there, some storylines. And, 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 and so, so, so anybody could come and watch the show with their kids. And just have yeah. a great time, you know, seeing nice acrobats, high flying, and stuff like that. So this show is accessible to the whole family. Yeah, no, it's it's always good when it's not like a complete like bloodbath. Don't get me wrong; it, it's it's kind of fun once in a while when things get a little heated or whatever. But also, yeah, it should. Well, be you know, that's just because you, were, watch, that's you know, just, that's just because you're brought up like that. But you know, yeah. to tell you to tell you the truth, you know, I had my own territory for 20 years before COVID, and there was never one chair, and there was never, and, and, and there was no, there was there was no no violence at all. I was giving conferences in schools against bullying uh, because mm -hmm. of an incident I had in the WWE, and it was like uh, that just changed my life tremendously. So so I went to get some. So just in the last show, for example, I had a whole school that came with 50 kids. One one principal, he brought 50 kids from his class that were 10 years old to come see the show. So it's all based on it's almost like a Walt Disney kind of wrestling, you know, mm -hmm. where where but you have to use your imagination. And it's and, and the fun part about this show, about the people that come watch the show, the 400 people that we bring into this show, it's people from companies, people from school that never been to a wrestling show. They're like virgins. So it's mm -hmm. like when you get in the ring, if you take a headlock and you take a guy down real fast and he bumps like that, people go, wow, they're still impressed by simple, basic moves and facial expressions. You know, so the, hmm. the guy who gives, the guy who receives a drop kick in the ring, he's not up on his feet before the guy who gave it. You know, yeah, it's like no. the, guy, the guys are selling. The guys are, are, are telling, you know, so, so, so it's really back to basic wrestling with high spots and stuff like that, where at the end of the evening, people really screamed and had fun but without cussing, without blood, without sex, without violence and all that. And so we're in a good position right now where we're having a lot of fun with young people, new people, new wrestling fans. And I'm saying to myself, if QT Marshall is watching, because, you know, the trainers, you got to let, let's let's face it. The winners are going three months, but they got three great trainers. They got mm -hmm. QT Marshall. They got, and that's five days a week for three months. They got QT Marshall, Billy Gunn, one half of the smoking guns that I used oh, to yeah. work with, with my brother and, 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 and uh, Carl Willett as the Quebecers. We work with the, smoke, the Hall of Famer, Billy Gunn, and then Cody Rhodes. You know, those are the three teachers that you have for, for three months. And Cody Rhodes just coming off WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. You know, he's really hot. He's the ball of fire. Yeah. So, 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 if you, so, so if you're a Canadian talent and you have a chance to win $10,000, and spend three months at a lesson that's paid for three months to go spend with these three guys for five days a week for three months. That's the competition to be in. And I remember when I was young, and now when we put this together, me and my girlfriend, I always remember what my dad told me when I was young. He said, if you want to make it in this business, <clears throat> there's two things that are going to make it happen. Being at the right place at the right time and knowing the right people. And that's the two things that's going to make it happen in this business. And this mm -hmm. competition is bringing both to all the competitors. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, I think it's great. And I like it. This could literally be like people's like big break, like QT Marshall and stuff. He's Nightmare Factory mm -hmm. that's heavily involved with uh, AEW and whatnot. So like, yeah, 100%. This could be like 
anyone who's coming in and joining this competition for you, this this could be like their 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 big breakout into uh, startup. I, and I, I just want to know, like, uh, for you, what was what was like your moment for you, like when you had your first big moment? Like, I know you come from uh, your father was a wrestler and stuff, but when was it like okay? You well, my, my big moment, my biggest moment in wrestling in my younger career is when I got on the phone with Stu Hart, you know, and, and, and Stu Hart was in Calgary and then Brett was driving the bus at the time. He wasn't even a wrestler. And then, and, and, and I, and I called, I was like 17 years old and, and I wanted to be on the road. I wanted to become a wrestler since I was a very young age. And my father kept looking at me and he kept calling me bones because I was like tall and I was skinny. And he kept telling me, you're not ready. You're not ready. So finally I decided I went to see my mom and I told my mom, I said, mom, I need to borrow $500. And then because I got on the phone with Stu Hart and then Stu Hart, uh, and I'm sure you know all the stories of Stu Hart, but then it was so funny because I got on the phone with Stu Hart. And, and, uh, and, and out of respect for my dad and my uncle, because in, in the West you had the Hearts and the East you had the Rujos. You know, those were the two big families of wrestling yeah. at the time. And then, so he had a lot of respect for my family. We were four generations of wrestlers. So, 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 uh, so when I got on the phone, I managed to get his phone call, his, uh, area code 403. I can't remember what his number was anyway. But I got mm -hmm. on the phone with him, and, uh, and, and this is how the conversation went. I said, uh, Mr. Hart, I said, this is uh, Jacques Rougeau from Montreal. And he answered me, he says, uh, eh, eh, are you, uh, are you, uh, are you uh, any kin with the, with the, the Rougeau family there? And, then, and, and I said, yes, sir. I said, it was my, it's my uncle Johnny and my father Jacques. You know, I said, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When can you start there? And then and that was it. And then that was my conversation with him. And then he took me in. It was my first territory. I was 17 years old. And then those were the days where Casa Bubu was there, John Foley. It was uh, Patty Ryan. There was a, there was a Hubert Galland. There was a, uh, I'm thinking of all the talent that was there, you know, and then and, and, and there was about 20,000 hearts in there. Like, you know, kids, there was a bunch of plus, and it, but it was amazing. You know, I had a chance that, that, that he took me under his wing and I was doing, it was funny, left bridge and the, I was doing uh, Jesus Christ Saskatoon, Regina, the loop, and coming back to, and then Edmonton, and then uh, doing all the loops. I'm trying to Madison Hat, and then I was doing, uh, but there was Leftridge, and there was another town that we do on Monday and Tuesday. I can't remember what it was, but there was this loop that we do every week, and every week, every Wednesday, we'd go to Saskatoon by bus and brett was driving the bus at the time and and putting up the ring and and, and then and then we'd do friday we do regina and drive all the way back all night and come back for stampede wrestling on friday at the at stampede and uh and and those were the days i did that in 78 and i did that in 79 i came back too for another and then before i went to mexico so that so that was for me that was that was the beginning of my my, my life you know that uh that I've had, that I've been doing for forty five years. I, I wrestled after that forty five years. Yeah, I mean that's 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 incredible. Like, sounds like a like a really good time. Like, we've done some some driving with some of the wrestlers around here, and we just go locally. And there's usually like four of us in a car, but it's always it's always a good time just riding in the car <laughs> with the other uh, the other wrestlers, and especially if there's like a, a name guy like you or someone else who's uh, been in WWE on the show, you always get like a lot of great like stories and stuff. Yeah, I but remember. I can't imagine the bus. A bus would be amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you, I remember a story one time. I was coming back from we were coming back from Regina and and uh, and, and 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 Brett was driving and, and, and Brett hit a moose, you know, with the oh. with, with the bus and, and and it was it was 
it was it was just wow like you know that I'll never forget that experience like hitting a moose you know with the bus because it really took a hell of a bump but anyway uh it's like <laughs> it's like but but so many stories and I remember you know every I was so young I was 17 years old and so naive and 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 uh, and and Stu had so much respect for the Rougeau family, so he so I was staying at the St. Regis Hotel on Seventh Avenue with the, the the whores and the Indians, and you know and 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 that's where the place where I was staying because it was cheap and, and that's all I could afford, you know and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 every Sunday he'd uh, he'd he'd go ahead and ask me to come and have lunch at his house, you know and 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 then again you know there was twenty thousand hearts, but there was twenty thousand cats in the house, you know. Oh, it was, it was amazing the cats that were in that house, but so nice. The family was so nice to me, you know. And uh, and 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 at the beginning, I thought that you know he really liked me, but then I realized that it's just that he wanted to get me in his basement, you know, and in in, in his dungeon. He had a dungeon there, like you know, the basement yeah. where he used to stretch the guys. And, yeah, and but, but I'd heard about it, you know. So I so every time I'd finish eating, he'd always tell me, uh, you know, uh, why don't we? Uh, why don't we go downstairs there? And I'd say, well, Stu, you know, I'd really like to, but I had something planned there. But uh, thank you very much for the invitation. <laughs> but uh, I got I to gotta go. <laughs> but uh, I was staying away from that basement because I heard there was a lot of stretching going on in that basement. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, like, I, I like I can't imagine like all the stories like you like all the crazy like people that you may you must have met over the years like Montreal. Like I, I can't imagine. Did you have a, a like a good story about Andre the Giant? Oh my God. Well you know Andre was special to me because uh Andre worked for my dad and my uncle. You know, he came to Quebec, and the first place he came was in Montreal. And, and Edouard Carpentier, he was like a legend. And he's the one who brought him into Montreal, Quebec. And uh, and uh, I was like maybe, I remember being about 8, 10 years old, going to the Montreal Forum where the Canadians were playing, like 18,000 people. But then it was wrestling, and Andre would always come in for the big shows. like, uh, And uh, and he took a liking into me. I'd go get his hot dogs and stuff like that at the, at the store, you know, at the restaurant. And, uh, the canteen there that was in the building, and uh, and and then I I grew up a little later in the business where I I was doing independent uh, companies from like seventy eight to eighty five. Like uh, I was going a lot in uh, independent companies like Kansas City. I was going to uh, uh, Florida. I was going to for the Grahams. I was going to Tennessee for the Fullers. I was going to Atlanta, Georgia for Ole Anderson, Tommy Rich, and 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 the uh, uh, NWA. And uh, I did a lot, a lot of small territories like that for for seven years. And every time. Of course, that there was those small territories, they they'd have big big shows, and Andre would show up on those big shows just for one date, you know. But he spoke French, so so when he'd come to the shows, we had a natural click there. He remembered me getting his hot dogs when I was young, and now I'm working the business, so we we stayed friends. And then when mm-hmm. I was in the, I came to WWF, uh, it was amazing because uh, I, I was one of those lucky guys who learned how to play cribbage. You know, crib. I don't know if you know what that is. Crib is like uh, uh, with card game. It, yeah, cards and pegs, like 15-2, 15-4. It's like a, it's an, an intellectual card game, you know, with a board where, where, where my mom taught me how to play mm-hmm. that game. And it was just amazing that I knew that because very few wrestlers knew how to play that game. It wasn't a popular game, but Andre loved that game. So so every time I get in the building, you know, in the WWF for all those years, like there was Tito Santana, there was Arnold Skolan, the agent, there was myself. There was about three guys that played that game with him. So, so what was amazing is like uh, we reconnected again when I got to WWF, and uh, 
And then every time we had a long tour, like in Europe or anywhere on a trip, it was it was always so funny. Even long flights from from like uh, from Boston to to Los Angeles, like in five six hour flights and stuff. Then Andre was always sitting in first class, and then and because he was too big, of course, and he yeah. was so big, he was so big that they couldn't rent the seat beside him. So so every time we take off flying, you know, it was funny because the flight attendants would come in the back and they'd look at all us jabronis in the back and you know, the most of the crew, and and then they'd say, uh, they should say Jacques. Jacques Rougeau, and uh, and I say yeah, yeah, and that's and she'd bring me up front, you know, and I'd be flying first class all the time because I'd be playing crib. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so so that was a heat getter, but uh, but I gotta tell you, it's uh, it was it was good that I played crib, you know. <laughs> I yeah, that, that that's awesome, man. And like I always like to hear like stories, like and I think Andre the Giant is just like one of the most fascinating and like interesting wrestlers from from the days gone by, like just because of like his sheer mass and like just well well how can you forget wrestlemania 3 you know like wrestlemania 3 yeah. uh, we were against beefcake and valentine my brother raymond and i and uh, and he was against hulk on the on the uh, 93000 people at the pontiac silverdome and and that was considered the biggest event the the, the change of times for wwf it's like uh, the biggest indoor event they'd ever had and uh, it was a, it was a game changer that that wrestlemania 3 and uh, and you- uh, could you just describe to me like how it felt when you walked out your music kit or you walked out the curtain or yeah, I, I don't know you. if you got to ride in the little ring cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I can tell you, I'll tell you, I can tell you, I, uh, I can tell you how it was before getting out there. I was, I remember like it was yesterday there. I was trying to put the laces through my boots there and my, and my foot was going like this, you know, I was so freaking nervous. My throat was dry from being nervous, you know, just, I don't know if you ever had a dry throat. So if you're nervous, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and we had to go in front of 93,000 people. And then the, the adrenaline was so huge. And my brother Raymond keeps reminding me every time that he remembers the time where he just before the show, stood, they let the open the doors that he went all the way up to the top, you know, with the empty seats and looking down at that little squared little thing that was the ring, you know, from, from all the way up top there, you know, how, uh, how impressive that was, you know, and, and, uh, but, it, but it's funny. Uh, I, I don't remember that much the match as much as the event, like, you know, the, the a couple of matches that I do remember tremendously, of course, is, is the main event Hulk and, and Audrey. But I also remember that match between Steamboat and Savage, uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage against the Ricky Dragon Steamboat, which I considered one of the best wrestling matches that I'd ever seen at the time. I remember all the boys, being backstage and watching on the TV screens in the, from the dressing room and watching that match between Steamboat and Savage, you know, it was just out of the ordinary. It was just something. Uh, it was the greatest match, you know, for us to, to, to watch, you know. But, um, but yeah, what an event. I remember there being there a couple of days ahead of time doing all these these interviews and stuff and then marketing things, you know, it was, it was the biggest thing, you know, just to, to, to know that the whole world was watching from every arena around the world. They were sold out every arena and there was no wrestling. It was just a giant screen in every arena, you know, and yeah. having, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It, it, like, I, like, I can't even imagine, like, I, I just like, I know the way I've, I've felt when I've, you know, I've walked out in, in the Legion in front of a hundred people. And I, you know, I just like how, <laughs> how good it makes you feel. I can't imagine 93,000. You know, what's, uh, you know, what's amazing in that is, is, is going out there and just doing a, 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 a couple of spots and having the people react 
and hearing them hearing them answering back to you like as you know when can you when you're doing a nice high spot or a nice storyline and people get into it and you have mm-hmm. like 90 some thousand people roaring at the same time and, and 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 screaming the same way and thinking the same thing that you're making them think you know that's an amazing feeling like like it's almost like you're in control of the world you know when you do that and when you accomplish that you you um I think it's one of the greatest moments. Uh, I, I, I had one greater moment in my career. I got to tell you, just one is is when Hulk let me beat him in Montreal because I had a one on one against Hulk Hogan in Montreal, and he put me over. And, and oh, and, that's crazy! And if you go on YouTube and just see Jacques Rougeau versus Hulk Hogan, I get the pin one, two, three with no chairs, no gimmicks. It's just a clean pin on him, and then uh, that's when he was NWO two at his hottest. But he had this great respect for me, Hulk, and uh, 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 the family. He had respect for the Rougeau family and stuff. And uh, I had organized that show. It was my show. And, uh, and he just came in and put me over. <laughs> you know, and it was like uh, 20,000 people that, that went like. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, that's amazing. Like, not only like, because like, I mean, Hulk Hogan is like got kind of a reputation as being a bit of like a politician and stuff. You don't hear about too many like people that defeated Hulk Hogan in their hometown, you know, like it's, it's just and not especially a, a clean pin, especially a clean pin. Like, you know, just one, yeah. go, go, go check it out on YouTube. Jacques Rougeau versus Hulk Hogan. You'll see. It's, it's pretty amazing. The, 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 and it was so amazing. What was so amazing about that match was like, uh, I was the Quebec legend and he was the world legend that, that I built it like that match of the legends, but me was the local legend. He was the world legend. And, uh, and, 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 and in front of all my fans, like, you know, thinking that, uh, and he was NWO, he was big heel, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and but but when but when he came out like forget it you know uh, people like booed me like at ninety nine percent in my hometown and they cheered for him <laughs> you know it was like he was so hot he was so hot I didn't figure that one out you know I, I missed only a few things in my career like that and that was one I missed and uh, and when he came out if you go see the match you'll see but the amazing thing about that once again it was like that. Uh, at the beginning of the match, you know, everybody booed me, everybody. And at the end of the match, I had 60, 70% of the match that people were cheering for me because, you know, I worked hard and I went to gain the people's respect by by working hard and and, and uh, him cheating and me just trying to get my... So, so you'll see the match, you'll enjoy it, I'm sure, if you're a wrestling fan, but you'll yeah. see the controversy. You'll see the what I had to face when I came out in front of my hometown and realized that, hey, you, you, <laughs> you're... You you messed up, boy. <laughs> you didn't call this one good, you know, because I didn't expect to be healed in my hometown, and uh, and it happened because Hulk was just NWO, and it, and it was did so that, hot NWO. Did that end up affecting like uh, how you guys ended up doing the match or anything? I mean, like I don't a little bit. Uh, I think Hulk regretted putting me over, and you know, uh, after that because he realized that. The, but 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 not really. I think what 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 changed was a it was a game changer because. Uh, so many guys wanted to, even Brett, like a lot of guys wanted to beat Hulk, you know, wanted to work with Hulk and uh, and Hulk wouldn't do it. You know, he just had a few people that he wanted to work with and choose with and, and, lot, and it put a lot of heat on me because because a lot of guys wanted to be in my boots and a lot of guys didn't understand why me, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, why him, you know? And uh, so because I, I think it goes back to telling you that it, since I was a kid, he was my friend. And uh, I, I mean, uh he he, uh, he had this respect for for the family, the Rougeau family, and 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 so uh, and then he also liked the fact, to be honest with you, that uh, ever since we were in the WWF, like I was there for eleven years, 
and, and every and every uh, three three characters. There was the Mountie, there was the Quebecers, there was the Fabulous Rougeau brothers. And 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 every time that I went into an arena with fifteen, twenty thousand people, I always I always entertained the people. I always had a great match, whether it was in singles or tag teams. Every time I had a match, I'd get the people up on their feet, you know, and they'd have a great time. And many mm -hmm. times when we first were in his shows. I'm not embarrassed to say that we were we, we were the openers of the shows a lot of times, you know. Yeah. But, but but a lot of people don't understand, and they that he understood, but a lot of people didn't understand that how important the first match on the card is, because when the first match is the is where you give the first impression, and you don't have a second chance to give a first impression, and uh, so when we go out, when we'd go out and we'd win the crowd over in the first match and have them almost standing on their feet, then when the second match would come in, the people were flying, man. It was like so when he'd get in the ring at the end, you know, it was like so easy for him. You know, and 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 he told me that one day, you know, and he explained that to me. Like every time you guys run the card, man, he says, Every time, you know, I love working after you guys, you know, because the people are there. Like, you know, you go get the people. So so I think there was a lot of that. And it was also the fact that uh, I had a huge fight with the British Bulldog, the Dynamite Kid, backstage. Yeah, I, I, I was looking into you, uh, like, uh, doing a little bit of research or whatever, which is unusual for me for this show, but I did do that nonetheless, and there was, like, a couple of stories about you getting yeah. in, a, in, a, in a terrible uh, brawl with uh, Dynamite very, Kid. Very horrible, very horrible, because, uh, you know, it was it was a sad time. It was a, it was a bad time in my life, and it was a time where, you know, he came and he just, he was bullying a lot of people, and he was on serious yeah. drugs. And uh, and he just uh, he 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 just beat me up in the dressing room. And when he did, then then I had the choice. You know, I put my head between my legs and go home, or or do something about it. And I, and I chose to do something about it, which yeah. which is the hardest thing in my life because I'm not a fighter. I'm, I'm my brother Raymond's a tough guy. I'm not. I'm just an artist. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm, a, I'm one of the boys, a wrestler. You know, and it, uh, but I'm not. I don't have the reputation of being a fighter. And, and 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 I'm not embarrassed to say so. You know, it's just not in my genes. You know, I like to entertain, have fun, and laugh. But I'm not a. I don't have a bad uh, bone in my body. You know, so so when he beat me up there, I felt the embarrassment, and I felt the embarrassment for the Rougeau name, for my dad, my uncle, the, for the whole Rougeau name. So I had to do something, and, and yeah. I knew if I didn't do, I knew if I didn't do any some anything, my brother Raymond would have done it. You know, but my big brother would have came to my rescue. You know, and, yeah. then, and, and there's and nothing like, worse. From what I heard, your brother's just like not to be trifled with. And so no, no. probably <laughs> lucky you 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 got to it before your brother did. <laughs> really? But he, my brother's my my brother's a mean son of a gun, I'll tell you. And then mm -hmm. uh, but everybody knew that. So 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 anyway, and, and so so when I it took me a week to finally get my courage up <laughs> to to do what I had to do and, and, and I did it. And I think that uh, Hulk had a lot, a lot of respect for me for that because he knew who I was. He knew that I'm not a fighter. He knew how hard that was for me to, I didn't want to become a McFly like back to the future, you know, yeah. I just, you know, I, I didn't want to be one of those, you know, and then yeah. the Rougeau name didn't deserve to have that, you know, yeah. and I didn't certainly didn't want to carry that flag, you know, like, uh, no, like you, so. you, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, it sounds to me like it was a situation where like you needed to stand up for yourself and like that it just needed to be like, uh, okay, all right, boys, we don't mess with this guy. Cause like, honestly, like it sounded like it was a bunch of immature nonsense going on anyway. And the whole exactly. situation got really out of control and should have just been nipped in the bud in some other way. But, you know, personalities were personalities and 
was a big uh, thing. At the there time. was a lot. Like I said, there was a lot of. It was hard when we were on the road twenty five days a month, and we wouldn't see our kids but like three four days a month, and our families, and it was very very lonesome, very hard. And a lot of guys they they kill that pain with beer and alcohol yeah. and pills and drugs and steroids and and and, and Vince was in a time when. Uh, it was a time where Vince encouraged the guys to do steroids. You know, he 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 never told them, "Hey, take steroids." But but anybody yeah. who come, but anybody would come in with the shake with the steroids, he'd get a push. You know, so yes. it's like so so the guys, especially Dynamite, who was a small guy, you know, like the short guy, and and I think he um, he had to uh, find a way to be noticed. And, and he was noticed by the steroids, and he was noticed also. And, and I don't think he needed to do so because I think he was one of the greatest workers. You know, when the Bulldogs came in, me and my brother were just worshiping them. Like, you know, like oh, saying, yeah. holy, holy mackerel, this is the team. Nobody's ever going to be good like this team, you know. And I remember the first time we met them in Madison Square Gardens, just before the whole fight started and the whole argument started. Uh, Vince put us in a match in the Madison Square Gardens against them, and then we sat all four of us beside Vince. And and Vince he looked at us and he says, "Okay, guys," he says, uh, "I want to have a twenty-minute Broadway, no winners." And they were okay. champions. They were champions, and we were jabronis, you know. So it's like, uh, so when he said that in front of them, like, I think they got offended that they, they that they didn't beat us. You know, and, and, and I think and, and Raymond and I were pretty good wrestlers, you know, so so we look pretty good out there in a different way than steroids. We knew how to work. And, you yeah. know, so we pull our end, too, but in a different kind of way, just tag team brothers and and having good chemistry together. So so we managed to to look very good in that match. So so when we came back, I think that started the whole heat between us. Because they and, and I think uh, maybe at that time, because I'm not in Vince's head, but maybe at that time he wanted to tell the, the Bulldogs, "Hey, your ego's a little too high there now, you know. Like I'm gonna, we're gonna go ahead and bring you back, bring you down to earth now, like you know, like uh, maybe it was a time like that, and they, he used us to bring him down to earth. But you know, we're not in a good position there because you know it's uh, uh, we became enemies right away from them, you know. So, so anyway, and uh, so it was a it was a time, and, and it's if ever people want to refer or go to this story, they can always go. I was amazed, like a couple of years back, just a couple of years back, there was a company in Toronto that called me up and wanted to do a story on it. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. And, oh and, yeah, yeah. And they did a story on that, you know, and I couldn't believe that they. They, 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 how they made me look good in that thing, you know, it's like, but they, they just, they, I'm saying they made me look good, but they just told the story and I couldn't believe that I, that I looked good in there because I was, because when it happened, I lost like 10 pounds in the week from the, from the beating I got to the beating I give him. Yeah. I, lost about, I lost about 10 pounds. I couldn't eat. Every time I put food in my mouth, I throw up. I was afraid. I was afraid that I'd miss my shot because then he'd kill me, you know, or it was a, yeah. it was, it was a horrible, it was, I couldn't sleep. It was a horrible time in my life. And then, and, uh, and it weighed a lot on me, you know, and enough, enough for that. Uh, the next 25 years after this incident, I, you know, this is amazing uh, how, you know, one good thing comes out of that because for 25 years, the last 25 years of my life, I don't think there's one school in Quebec that didn't see me come in front of four or 500 kids. I do bullying conferences. I've been doing it yeah. for 25, for 25 years. I've been doing this for free and people are telling me, Oh, Jacques, what a great guy. What a nice guy. And they don't even know that I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. Because for me, when every time I share that with people, uh, you know, I show kids how to beat violence without, I, I show kids how to beat bullies without using violence. 
I found yeah. some ways of putting kids together and to work together. And for me, success is success. It, it helps me. Uh, it helps me. How can I say that? Uh, uh, connect or, or just, uh, I don't know how to explain that. But, yeah. but it, just, uh, it makes me feel good. You know, and no, it gives me self it gives me self esteem of myself. You know, I I, I hear you. I we did a we did a show here. It was uh, up in Boyle, Saskatchewan, and before the show, it was being held at a high school. So before the show or during the school hours, we did like a couple of like assemblies where we just brought the kids in, and all the wrestlers said, "Hey, don't do drugs and don't be a bully and stuff." And we did all that, and it, it was a great time. I I remember, I loved it. I because I like I wrestle as the Canadian Goose heavy gimmick thing and i get people honking so i got them doing it all in the uh, in the ensemble, yeah. assembly right but then when i showed up uh for the show later on that night uh my music hit and i walked out with my buddy and they were all they were right into it before we even uh going and it, it was feeling. a great time yeah, but, yeah all the kids it was awesome i, I do want to ask you because like like I just said, I, I wrestle as the Canadian goose, and I I thought it was like one of the most Canadian gimmicks of all time. But you wrestled as the Mountie, the uh, from the RCMP. So uh, tell me a little bit about what what went into like creating that. Whose idea was that, and uh, how did you enjoy uh, performing as the as the Mountie? I think the Mountie was one of the greatest highlights, some of the greatest highlights of my time. Uh, having this angle against Big Boss Man, the big American policeman against the Canadian policeman, and uh, and, and it was just awesome. It was a great time because, uh, you know, Vince had asked me to come in as the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and it was his idea. And I told him, I said, well, I'll come in with two conditions. The first condition is I have Jimmy Hart as my manager. And the second one, uh, because I'd worked with Jimmy Hart, and he's the greatest manager of all times that I'd ever seen because he doesn't drink, he doesn't go out clubs, in nightclubs. He, he's always on time. He's so professional. He, he doesn't swear. He's, he's always there at 5 o'clock in the morning to give an autograph. He, he buys suits, you know, to, to match your clothes for his, his characters. You know, he, he was just so professional. So that was one of the conditions. I've I I literally heard he's like the nicest guy in all of wrestling. He is. He is, and, and, and most professional, and uh, and the most reliable. And and so that's what I told Vince. I said, I'll come in, and one, two conditions. I have Jimmy Hart, my manager, and the other thing is I have an idea coming in with an electric cattle prod. You know, I want to come in with a shock stick, you know, and, uh, and, then, and then he said, okay, whatever. And he had no idea what he was getting into. <laughs> because, uh, that, was, uh, that, was, that got over big time, you know, the, the shock stick, I'll tell you. And uh, so, so it was great. And then uh, finishing up all the angle after two years of being a Mountie, finish up in the jailhouse match against uh, in Madison Square Gardens, being put to jail, you know, spend the night in jail in New York precinct. That was uh, that was just uh, an amazing time, and winning the intercontinental title against Brett, taking the belt off of Brett and giving it to Piper, you know. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, I, like I, I know I popped earlier because, like you said, you got to wrestle Hogan, and that's like most people's favorite wrestler from the '80s. But mine is Piper. The fact that you got to wrestle yeah. Piper, that to me is like that's 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 cool. That was fun because you know I, I had a good angle with him, you know, where he took the belt, and I uh, I had this idea, and he respected me enough, and he says, "Yeah, let's do it." So so he put this vest, this anti-shock vest on, you know, where I where I go to shock him, but he had it under his shirt, and I didn't see it, so I so I zap him with my shock stick, and he shakes, and then he falls down, but then I turn around to get rid of my stick, and when I turn around, he's back up on his feet, you know, he never sold it, and then fucking boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Then he takes my stick and he zaps me with my stick and then beats me, you know. But uh, but what a pop in Madison Square Garden, you know. Or, or when we did that match, it was like 
but 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 it was fun, you know. And then when he pulled the shirt off at the end, because people didn't understand why he didn't go down, he was the only guy. And then it said anti shock, you know, on, on, on his head. Because those, those are totally a thing that, that exists. That was that was a winner there, bro. I'll tell you, that was a game. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I had a, I had great great. Uh, I work with my Randy Macho Man with Miss Elizabeth in England because the Mountie was very popular overseas also because of the uh, the suits they have over there with England. You know the the guys in front of the uh, the tower, yeah, like the, 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 the Queen's Guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Queen's Guard, and they're not allowed to move and smile and nothing. You know, they're in front of the guards, and they can't. And then we did so many vignettes when I come in front of them, and like I'm getting right in their face, you know, and and I have my shock stick, you know, and they're not moving like this. And we did so many things. And one thing, I one time I almost shocked a bird there that was right them on the in front of them, and and then and but but I never shocked it, but I was gonna go do it just to have a, some kind of movement in their face or something, like you know, and they never moved, they never sold it. So I've heard that if you touch them, they'll mess you up. Like, <laughs> like, like you're, you can do whatever you want, but if you touch them, you know, then it's on. I, I had, I did so many things over there, like you know, that were not today is not politically correct. But you know, I don't know if you remember Virgil. Virgil was the Ted. Uh, yeah, the I met, I met Virgil. He came yeah. and did some shows. Ask him his match. Ask him his match he had with the Mountie. Oh, I, don't, I don't talk to him regularly, but I met him one time, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, 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 I had him shine my shoes in the middle of the ring there, you know, with my shock stick, you know, and uh, and, and and something that politically po politically correct you couldn't do today, you know. But I was yeah, saying, no. shine my shoes, shine my shoes, and hopefully. Oh, <laughs> but I had so much heat, and then in those days it was still like accepted but you know barely you know borderline and so the mountie had so much heat and the, and how can you forget my introduction as the mountie when i, I was just gonna say didn't they have you sing the entrance song yeah forget about that let me tell you something a lot more funnier uh, what was really funny is like before i became the mountie five weeks before on vignettes they were showing vignettes of me like you know in, in every arena across the world every tv station they were saying jesse the body ventura and mean gene were on the on, on the commentaries and jesse would say well you know mean gene let's go see coming from canada soon in the wwf the mountie so then they'd show a vignette of me like you know a little sketch mm -hmm. and then that and in that sketch i'd be on my horse and, and I, I'd be in Montebello, you know, a little place up in Ontario, you know, and Quebec, near Quebec and Ontario border. And and uh, we're in Canada. And there's this car that pulls up beside me. And there's this this guy, this young guy with his girlfriend. They're two Americans. And, and, and they're lost. They're in Canada, but they want to go back to the United States. So he pulls up beside me in his car. And then he says, uh, he comes beside the, the, me and my horse. And I'm on my horse sitting here with that grin, that ugly face. And I'm going, I'm like this. And then he, he looks up to me and he says, Excuse me, officer. Excuse me, officer. And I looked down to him and I said, I'm not an officer on the Mountie. So then he looks at his girlfriend in the car and says, boy, I think I just got a weasel here. So then so he looks back up to me and says, excuse me, Mr. Mountie. He says, can you tell me how to get back to the USA? I'm lost. So I slowly get off my horse and then I get in front of his car, in front of his door. And I said, come here. So then he gets out slowly of his car, you know, and he comes and I bring him to the front of my horse. And then I take the horse, my horse underneath his mouth like this, and I put it up and I look at him. I said, you see that part of my horse that always points to Canada. Now come here. And then I bring him in the back of my horse and then I put the tail up. I'd lift the horse and, see him, and the camera, the camera was right in the donut. And then I say, you see that part of my horse? It always points to the USA. And they showed that for like five weeks. 
around the world. And let me tell you, Americans don't have a sense of humor that much, you know, and I had a lot of heat, you know, so when I started working as a Mountie in the States and everywhere, man, holy shit. It was did, you, like, <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever have a chance to work as the Mountie as a baby face in Canada? No, no, no. The Mountie wasn't a baby face nowhere. That horse, oh, okay. It was so funny because after, uh, after all that I've done with the Mountie gimmick, it's so funny because after about a year, a year and a half, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, they took an injunction against the WWF to ban me, to ban me from Canadian TV. They, they, so so they, I couldn't wrestle in, in, as the Mountie anymore. So that's why, my gimmick, that's why my gimmick died so fast after the, the jailhouse match because, you know, they banned me from TV. So every time they were doing a TV taping in the States, I couldn't wrestle. Because I, or I'd have to wrestle with another shirt on and a Jacques Rougeau, or they, they killed my gimmick. So, so, so I was always telling interviews and telling, going on big interviews like Nationwide and saying, "Hey, Mounties, get off your high horse! This is only a gimmick. You know, it's like you're killing my gimmick. You know, by keeping me from." From performing, you know. I mean, it's it's pretty sad. It's like I like I don't think that the cops in America did that same thing to boxing. No, like I think any normal person would know that. Hey, that's entertainment. You know, how many times you watch a movie where you see a dirty cop? You know, it's it's it's, it's a movie. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, it's like. But anyway, that cost me a lot for the Mountie. But never, nevertheless. Uh, I still have became the Intercontinental Champion, and I still had three dolls that were made as the Mountie in Toys R Us around the world. And I used to land in Japan. I used to land everywhere. Go to Toys R Us. I'd see the Mountie dolls were there. So, so I did really well with the Mountie. And it's so funny because from the time I was champion as the Mountie, uh, and the time that I lost the belt, I won. I beat Brett like on a Monday, and on, on a Friday I lost the belt to Piper. I only had it like for three days. The belt. I was the the shortest reign ever had in the Intercontinental Belt. That was that was me for so many years. And every time I go to Comic Cons, like now, thirty years later, I go everywhere around the world. I do Comic Cons and stuff. They come up with me with dolls with the belt. They got pictures with me with the belt. You know, and they and people always tell me sometimes my fans was the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. I was only three days champion. You know, but but I think I left my mark. You know. Yeah. Like I mean, it, it is it is true. Like you've you've done some in, incredibly like extraordinary things for for wrestling, and especially for like Canadian wrestling. Like we're talking about not only uh, the the show you did with Hulk Hogan that you promoted and twenty thousand people came, but like you've got the shows coming up uh, at the Club Soda here uh, as soon as this Sunday. So uh, yeah. let, why don't you give us the the final rundown? on what the, the biggest and uh, best aspect of your show coming up Sunday is going to be for why people... To be, okay, well, let, let me just put it to you this way. For those out west, for you guys out west, just go on wrestling-academy.ca. Go, go see the show of the 7th of May already, and you'll see some talent there. But, but wait till you see the one on the 4th of June, uh, Sunday. Uh, give, give me three, four days to put it on YouTube after that. Then go on wrestling-academy.ca because you'll see a lot of your talent. And then, and then for me, the most exciting thing of all this is knowing that I have all these good talent going against each other for nine months. Now they've been inspiring of, of being on this show and winning the $10,000, going to work out with Cody Rhodes, QT Marshall and Billy Gunn for three months. And one of the two wrestlers in the ring is going home. And the other one mm -hmm. is going up in August for this for, for the semifinals. So it's it's almost like on the last show, 
I had, it's, it's amazing. There's some talent that fell down crying in the ring and some were crying because they were sad and some were crying because they were happy because they passed to the semifinals. There's a lot of emotions in this. It's like a reality show, but it, wrestling is it's a work. It's fixed, but not the judge and not the mm -hmm. performance. And so you're really, you're putting your neck on the line and it's hard for a lot of talent because a lot of talent are, the talent is so good in there. And, and sometimes now, like, you know, I, I, I'm now I'm at the point where I'm glad I'm not judge because, you know, I, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to have any heat. I don't want to say, hey, you're, you keep going and you're going home. So I don't have to have that in my hands anymore. So it's QT mm -hmm. Marshall does it. Now it's going to be my brother Raymond that's going to do it. He's going to have the heat. But I now look at the like the 7th of May. I was there and I just looked at all the talent and I gave them all the positive that I that they had, that I thought they had. I each positively spoke about them. And I always, most of the time, if you go watch the show, I'll say, well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to leave it up to QT Marshall and he can say whoever he wants to decide. So it's really an amazing time, an inspiring time for a young talent that want to make it big in the business, in the States and the big leagues. And it's also a heartbreaking time. For some talent, like I know a couple of talent that didn't pass in the first round, like three weeks, mm -hmm. three weeks ago, and I seen their attitude change, their self confidence being not destroyed but hurt, you know, because yeah. they, they they didn't pass, you know, and, and there was so there's so much uh, hype on this show for nine months now on YouTube and podcasts around the world that if you don't pass, like an like example, I had Jesse V against the Giant Orion. You know, and they, yeah. they were two. They were two two guys that you know. They were, I, saw I wrestled Giant Orion. He's a beast. <laughs> and I saw in the finals that could have made the finals. So, but I also saw that after that he that he lost. He he like he pulled out of the group. Like we had a group there, and he just pulled out. He's like he doesn't want to see it anymore. The contest. He's. I know it hurt him, but but he had there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know yeah. because. He, but but it hurts. I, there's another guy called Magnum. You know, and, uh, uh, when he shoots, he never misses. He, he and I was sure he was going to pass. I told him even in my comments. If you go watch the show the seventh May, I say he's one of the guys that I say he's going to pass. But QT <laughs> didn't chose him. But I felt like after that he wasn't the same guy for a couple of weeks. Like his self esteem kind of took a shot there, you know. So yeah. it's a it's a contest that's going to make people and it's going to break people. So you have to be very strong if you if you bring into this contest and not because and it's like QT says not because I didn't choose you this time doesn't mean that your career's over. It may yeah, be just, it, maybe it's just not your time now. And next year you could come back again and join again and maybe then it'll be your time. You know 100%. so so it's, it's we a were talking time. we I'm were even you. talking about uh, Riley Rose earlier who who didn't uh, get accepted but like no, she, I don't think she was sour about it and you guys asked her to come back. She, like she, it's she, all about no, attitude, but you know right? what? But you know what? She cried after her match. She cried in my arms. She, yeah. When we met oh, her at the end of the evening, we took her and we told her, you did great. And she mm -hmm. cried and, and, and she was so nice and so humble and so respectful that when the opening happened, the girl pulled out after that. We took her right back in because, you yeah. know, and so now she has another chance. She's going to be the one that has two chances. So when she comes back in the semifinals, she has as good a chance as anybody else to make mm -hmm. it again. And, and because, and that may work for her because QT Marshall I've told them the whole story, why she's back in, and we had to choose someone. This and 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 told Cutie also about her professionalism, about yeah. she accepted the decision, and she asked me the first thing she asked me is, what can I do better for next year? And I told that to Cutie, and I think Cutie loves that because you know you could take a guy 
that's much better in this competition. That's one thing that people got to understand. You could take a guy that's a much better wrestler, but if he has picked up in the last 15 years some bad habits, it's hard to break them. So if you have a young talent that doesn't pick up a bunch of bad habits and they're manageable and they're coachable, then mm -hmm. that, and, but they have talent, that may be somebody that he may just grab and say, hey, I'm pulling you in. And all the other talent that are good, they're going to say, what's that? You know, I'm a lot better. Yeah, but you may be a lot better in the ring, but maybe that mentally or, or coachable or respect or, or mm. a bunch of things. It's more to, to win this contest. It takes more than a good interview and good ability in the ring. It takes a good mind. It takes a, it, it takes a lot of good things that surround the business, you know, and then QT Marshall's a good man to spot those kinds of things, the attitudes and all that, the, 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 the like they say, the agony of defeat and the, 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 the thrill of victory. You know, it, it, you have to see everything in this contest to see who would be a good guy to have, to be able to work in these big leagues where at one day you tell him, hey, I need for you to put this guy over in the middle and not worry about him saying, yeah, but what about my image? You know, what about, you know, so, 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 so you got to be coachable. And, and, and mm -hmm. so this contest is really full with, it takes a lot of things to win this contest and then not just a good on the mic and, and good in the ring. So, so this is a great, and you know what, to tell you the truth, I've been in the business 45 years. And I'm still learning every day in this contest because I'm, I'm, I keep learning more stuff at, at every show. I keep learning. And, and uh, sometimes I even look, if you watch the May 7th show on wrestling-academy.ca, you'll even see me at one point. Uh, I talked to QT Marshall and I respect the guy a lot. It's thanks to him I got this contest, you know, because of his training for three months. But at one point I look at him and I tell him on the giant screen, I say, you know what? You're a funny kind of guy there, QT. <laughs> You're a funny kind of guy because you just, you just blew my mind with your choices. Like, you know, I, I didn't expect you to choose like that, you know. So, so watch, go watch the show, guys. Uh, and it's on wrestling-academy.ca. Go watch the first show. And in about a week and a half from now, because in five days we're having a show, so give me an extra five days. And ten days from now you'll have the second part. But it'll be a lot more fun for you guys out west because you have a lot of competitors that are coming from out west. And mm -hmm. go watch this whole competition to see how, how it's going to be good on the 20th of August when the best of the 7th of May meet the best of the, 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 the 4th of June. And then out of the best of the best, we're going to go with the 17th of September where now it's going to be down to the nitty-gritty where the, where the $10,000 for two men and one woman each have $10,000. And they've been chosen right there live on TV after the match say, I'm choosing you to come to the Nightmare Factory, and I'm just, so it's going to be an amazing contest. Uh, it sounds fantastic, and like I always say, uh, gratitude is the attitude. And uh, Jock, I am very, uh, very grateful that you uh, decided to come on the show today and uh, and and chat with me. So I I, I really want to thank you for that, and we will make sure that this gets out uh, uh, before that your show goes down on Saturday. And uh, I hope it all really Sunday, goes Sunday. Oh, it's Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, 4th of June. It's okay. So if you have it up by Saturday, we're good. Yeah, we, that's what I say. We'll have it up by Saturday because then it'll definitely be up by Sunday. That's how time works. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jock, I, I, again, thank you so much for coming on here. And uh, I, I hope you have all the all the success in the world with uh, your children. I, I, I want to see success for my friends that are being a part of them. Yeah, exactly. My, 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 the biggest success I could have in this competition, my biggest dream is to see one of the, uh, the talent of Wrestling Academy make it big one day in the big leagues because they were discovered on Wrestling Academy. That would be, that would be my, best, my best gift that I could ever have.
Right. Well, you pick Zoe or Michael, and that'll that'll be done for sure. <laughs> but that, I'm biased. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show, and uh, I, I hope to to see you again down the line. All right, we'll talk again. Okie dokie. Thank uh, you. This, is, this has been uh, Kyle Shaw, a.k.a. the Canadian Goose, for uh, Jacques Rougeau and Love Wrestling. You've been watching Monday Night Shaw. Thank you.